0: You have to show that the perception of like your little shitty startup is significantly better than it actually is.
1: Basically, what I hear you saying, Poya, is uh, marketing is what matters, not sales. All all right, we're back. We're back. We're back. I'll be honest, I still don't fully believe you, but hey, we'll take your word for it.
2: That's some royalty
1: free shit, people. That's what we do. Yeah,
2: all right, well, welcome, ladies and gentlemen friends and foes to Beyond Quota. My name is Ross Pomerantz, otherwise known as Corporate Bro. I am joined by my co-host, Puyan. And Puyon. you feel free to say your last name for me because I'm going to butcher it and embarrass myself. No,
1: it's all good. I think, I think we're going in order of uh, more complex last names. So that's why Poojan is going after me. So I'm Puyan Salahi. I'm the CEO and co-founder at Scratchpad. And we're excited to have Poya with us, whose last name I'm not going to try either.
0: Uh, last name is Oskui. It's a it's after a city in Iran called Asku. We're here to talk about honestly how the hell to get out of sales.
2: You know, most sales reps, I think, you know, obviously, Poya, you you did it for a long time, and that's what we're trying to do. That we're exploring the theme of how the hell do we get out from the chains, from the suffering, from the mental fatigue that you know comes on with with doing years and years of sales. Obviously, there's highs, the greatest highs in the world. There's some very dark, dark lows. But why don't we just start? By getting a quick introduction, Poya, tell us about your sales background, and then lead lesson, lead that into how the hell you got out.
0: Was at Oracle for about eighteen months. Loved it. Learned a lot. Um, and then I dove did into you? startup. Yeah, a lot of people did, and ready, I did.
2: Poya? I, I love you know, Oracle.
0: Sure. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's talk about why people don't like. I mean, Oracle. This is a safe space. This is, is a, a safe, safe space. space so let's talk about why I don't like Oracle. So I, the reason I liked Oracle is I got lucky with my territory and the product I was selling at that time was ERP and HR, which at that time was a huge focus, meaning you had a huge multiplier for any deal you close. And given that I had Northern California, I got the best of both worlds. I was an inside sales rep, but I also could go visit customer. And the other reason I really liked Oracle is because you get so much diversity. I was supporting at that time, three different field sales teams and what was funny is one of them was really bad. One of them was medium and one of them like was through the roof. Good. Right. So you got to see diversity in terms of like what made somebody successful. And you could frankly take really good traits of each people and replicate the, the, the good from all three. I jumped ship into startup land. I was, and I became a, the first sales rep at a company called hacker Rank, And that's for the most part, what I've been doing and going back to your question, how did I escape sales? I moved over to consulting, but what I do now as a consultant, frankly, is I'm an AE for multiple different companies at the same time. So if anything, yes, I got out of sales, but I'm pretty much doing sales now for like three or four different companies at a time. So imagine not only having one sales job, but having three different sales jobs with three different quotas at any given time. That's fun.
1: So many questions in that. I don't even know where to start. I'm still stuck on the fact that you, you said you, you really enjoyed Oracle. Uh, we'll have to dig into that later because I'll be honest, I still don't fully believe you. But hey, we'll You, know, you loved
2: it forth. so much. You were there, mm, it says a year and seven months. So. 18 months.
0: That's that's, I, I, that's triple the average. The average person in the class is. of is six months, that's
2: right? A, six, they expect 70% attrition in that first year in the class of. They churn them and burn them, baby. They, they are in and out. Like One day you show up and half the desk are empty and you're like, what happened? Just kidding. I know what happened. So, Poya, when did you know that it was time to
1: move on? not just from Oracle, but from traditional sales,
0: yeah, the last company where I was full-time, uh, and it was called Automile. It, it's out there, right? People, if they wanted to search. And what happened at Automile, I joined like pre-seed, right? And I joined on the recommendation of my old boss, Don. I followed him along. I've been like I've always been very loyal. Like I trust the same group of people. For Automile, we, we scaled that business really, really quickly. Within 18 months, we took it from a million to 10 million. I, I think I had a huge part as part of that process. Fast forward like two weeks later, um, we saw a new executive come in. They were in Utah and without telling people like, Hey, what we're do you gonna- about Utah?" <laughs> nothing against Utah, yeah, I Utah, Utah. but like, because of our sales cycle and variables, um, the team had made the decision to kind of move to Utah. Right. And rightly so. Right. I'm not like, it is what it is. Right. Um, but at that point I'm like, okay, I'm kind of done like doing this, like helping this company. And this was the second time I had done it. I had done a hack rank going from a million to 10 and like, in some ways, not getting like, I got, I got, I made money, right? Don't get me wrong, but like not leaving on good terms in some ways that I was like, I might, I might as well just go. Like if I like the one to 10 cycle, I might as well go do it for like three or four different companies, taking a company from like initial traction and making it a little repeatable. I really, really enjoy that face. And that's what I'm good at.
1: For someone trying to make that decision now, right. Or somebody who's, who's at Oracle and listening, what's one thing you learned from there that you're
0: you're actually applying right now uh, the big the biggest thing I think I've learned at Oracle is the importance of brand building and like the perception that you're significantly more important than you actually are right like uh, for good or bad like you ask the average person they think really really highly of Oracle and they have probably no freaking idea what they're doing but because they've they've spent so much money on their little like I forgot what they did back in the day with the racing Larry Ellison's boat or whatever, like America's cup. Yeah. Like those little things that they look significantly better. Right. And one of the lessons I took from Oracle is even if you're at a startup, you have to show that the perception of like your little shitty startup is significantly better than it actually is.
1: Basically what I hear you saying, Poya is uh, marketing is what matters, not sales.
2: Oof.
0: Here's a here's the tough part. I think sometimes I think if you're a really good salesperson, you can convert even the shittiest leads. I don't know if the reverse is also true, all the time. It's
2: probably. not. I can tell you. It's, Have it's you met a marketer a- who can close? Uh, take your time. It's going to
0: take a while. It's going to take a while. I, the only only one I can think of is, is this guy running a corporate bro. In, in true sense, in oh. some ways, he has uh, he has some marketing.
2: You know, I've never heard of that in my life. I'll have to check in on that team and make sure they're as lean as possible. Cause if there's a marketer on that team, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to shave some costs. <laughs> there's so many ICs out there, new reps that are just like, I'm just a number. Like, I don't mean shit. Like, I could just get fired today and no one would care and it's, it's whatever. Like, how do you find that self worth?
0: What's worked well for me, frankly, is I've worked for the same three or four people, right? I think the number one thing you need to have is trust right? So I've been part of like, I've had the same four or five bosses, people I report to that help pay my check, right? Uh, consistently, it's been Jason Lemkin, Brandon Cassidy, Don Irwin, right? And the reason I go time after time, sales is already fucking hard, right? And you want to make sure whoever is like supporting you and has your back, like they have your back and you have their back. And I think that is so, so, so important that you will go through the root like door and they will do the same for you, right? Because it's, like you need to go fight and get that deal for them because it's their quota that you're helping like me and as well as you, but you also got to make sure like if push come to shoves and you want to get like that extra spit or something that they do the same for you in return.
1: How did you know that they were a good manager? How did you build that trust?
0: I think at the beginning, you got to prove your, you got to prove your like value, right? And how do you do that? You just consistently start hitting one or two things. And frankly, Like if a manager or VP doesn't realize their worth and they let you go, if you're consistently hitting quota, you're doing what they're asking you to do, then like you don't want to work for that person anyway, right? The best like revenue leaders, like Brendan Cassidy comes to mind right away. That guy's had like 20 people under him that have gone on to become CROs or like VPs of sales or very, very successful in some cases, CEOs, right? And the reason for that is like he's, It's a give and a take, right? Like anytime he's provided value, those team members have provided value in return.
2: What do your days look like now? Like you you talked about, you still have kind of three quotas, but uh, you know, obviously the theme of what we're doing is how do we get out of that? I mean, obviously you, you, your quotas are the ones you choose. The the life you have is the one you you've chosen, which I think is mainly what we're talking about here is not necessarily get away from quota if that's what you like, um, So what are your, what are your days look like?
0: Going back to point, one of the reasons I've chosen this three companies at a a given time, I don't have to be desperate, right? So sometimes when you don't want a sales role is because you're desperate to hit that quota. You don't have enough pipeline, right? That's not the case for me because most of my money comes from variable, right? So in other words, I don't even have a base salary. So I only like benefit if I'm actually closing. Right. Um, So why do I say that? Uh, Or why do I bring this up? It, I get to choose who I want to work with which is I think awesome right but now I have three different avenues to make sure that happens right so I'm giving myself like more leverage and I I personally think long term in 20 30 years from now we may actually see more and more of sales be this way I I could become like the event sponsorship guru right and companies can come to me hey here's our like event plan which events do you recommend right and I get to do what's right for the client and not the not the reverse right? Something along those lines, I would not be surprised if like B2B moves in that direction. In terms of what do my days look like, I think you need to be really, really organized. So three days a week, I'm at Saster and one day is for another client, one day is for another client. And you really, really, really need to be strict. Uh, The tough part, I think in a virtual world, those lines blur a little. The reason I like that rule of like, these three days are for one client, this other day is for another client, is that context switching that has doesn't happen. And I think where it gets taxing is that context switching. Where one hour you're talking about one company, then the next hour you're talking about one other company. That's that's what becomes in my opinion the like the most frustrating part about the experience because it's too taxing at least for me for my brain power. And the only other thing I wanted to say is like I know I'm sitting here and I'm making it easy, but I I I've had a lot a lot of frustrating days and I still do, right? There are times like where I lose sleep over a deal loss or how am I going to hit my quota here and there like I think it's really really normal to have those things and you all I think everybody listening to this you need to also have your balance on how do you like get rid of that stress right
1: you said mentioning having tough days tell us about tell us about one
0: if anybody knows anything about oracle or like bigger companies once you commit a deal you better close that deal there was one deal specifically where um it was us against a company called JobVite. It was for like applicant tracking system and it was for Taleo. And this freaking customer kept saying, It's you guys, don't worry. Like we will get this sign. I don't know why the CFO is holding it on and on and on and on. And the thing we used to do at Oracle back in the day, when you had a legitimate customer that had a lot of potential, you could take him in 2012, 13, you could take them to Oracle Arena because tickets weren't that cheap. You could give them like the red carpet experience. And we we rented this like, um, club or suite at Oracle. Right. And we told the customer, Hey, do you and your team want to go and we can celebrate like us signing our partnership by like celebrating at the Oracle arena. So he's like, yeah, absolutely. And we got buses for them. And like, we literally gave them the red carpet experience. And he, he's like, I will get this contract signed. Um, the day like we do the Oracle arena so we can switch." For whatever reason, like we, we take him out, we enjoy this party, we have a great experience, we paid for everything. And <laughs> for whatever reason, the contract wasn't signed. And this buyer was like, Don't worry, on Monday, come Monday, this will be signed. Um, and then we go, Sky comes, and his team comes fucking completely shitfaced. Like they were so drunk, which is like already a huge red flag because like the Oracle event management team was there, and this was like a small event, like it's like 20 people And like half the people were from this one company. But we're like, don't worry. Like there's so much potential in this account. Don't worry. Like we got this. Come Monday, (laughs) this guy is like, hey guys, I I have some bad news. Can we jump on a call? And we jump on a call at like 9 a.m. And he tells me, oh, like our CFO without telling me like decided to sign this contract with Java. And we're like, oh my God, holy shit. And this was like a week before Oracle was about to like, close its books for the year. It's like May. Um, That to this day is like probably the most painful moment I've had because I had to call like six different VPs and be like, Hey, remember that deal? Like, please take it off of your forecast.
2: So we, what we were trying to do with all of our guests, we're going to ask everybody what their go-to pump up song is. And over time we're going to build, well, I've got another question after that, but we're trying to build a list of kind of those, those pump up songs. Mine is obviously any song from the Moana soundtrack, but what, would your song be your pump-up song before going to close the biggest deal of your life?
0: To this day, that eight miles song and album is like exactly what I love. So, uh, lose yourself is probably what I'm going to go with. A close second, and I know this sounds cheesy because every single time I bring it up, my partner absolutely hates me for it. Um, in, in the club by uh, by Fifty Cent, like those are the two That's songs.
2: For like, richard i you're Why not? I, I'm going to ask the follow-up question then. What's your recovery song? You're sitting in the big stall. You're sobbing. Like you're sniffling. People are like, sounds like a, you know, sad opera singer in there, but it's you.
0: I I think Neo is like a great song. Another song that like just gets me going. I know this sounds cheesy, but it was just like my high school song is umbrella by like Rihanna and Jay-Z. Yeah. Okay. So we'll, we'll, we'll
1: add that. We're going to, we'll have, we'll have two playlists, man. We'll have the hype song and then the recovery one. So,
2: but really quick before we let you go, where can people find you? Like, what's the name of your podcast? You know, if people wanted to connect with you, what's the best way to do it?
0: Puyan knows this. I try being very, very accessible and pay forward in any way I can. So the podcast is Uncharted Podcast. We like to showcase the human side of the next generation of tech leaders. Um, in terms of hitting me up, I think LinkedIn is probably the best way. Poyaskui. Uh, I think if you put in P O Y A, I'll be the first to come up.
2: It was an honor to have you here. Hopefully, we'll we'll get you on again.